You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Really needed that uh, that off weekend. Really needed to, to have a, a week off from the uh, high emotion of the Bama game. Yeah, it, it was good to just sort of chill for a weekend. There's no doubt. Although, I got to say, I thought the games were pretty awesome. I mean, the Florida game was at least kind of fun. By the way, should make mention this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We will talk about Built Bar in just a little bit, but uh, Built Bar, absolutely delicious. Go check them out at BuiltBar.com. Um, I think that's where we should start is, is talk a little bit about this past weekend because the games that were played do have a pretty heavy influence on what happens to Alabama later on. And I think it begins and ends with that Clemson game. Um, and look, Notre Dame's going to get a ton of credit for that victory. And I, and I think they should. I mean, you still beat Clemson. They still win one 35 or 36 regular season games in a row, all that jazz. But, you know, <laughs> they were missing just about everybody of consequence. <laughs> and then tra- on top of that, Travis Etienne had maybe the worst game since he's been good. Um, and it still took all of that in two overtimes for Notre Dame to get the win. So I'm not exactly uh, – saying Notre Dame is is a powerhouse just yet. But I, I think it's positive for Alabama because no, it moves us to number one in the AP poll, which is awesome. It's going to move us to number one in just about every projected college football playoff seating, which is also good. Um, and, and the game was just pretty fun itself. And then to top it off, Jimmy, what was kind of cool, the guy who – Clemson almost had a kick six. I'm sure a lot of people saw it. Uh, Travis Etienne was waiting back for a field goal that ended up being short. He was going to take it back for a touchdown. The guy that stopped him is from Tuscaloosa. <laughs> yeah, I guess there was some uh, some some irony or something in there somewhere. What a, what a, what a bizarre sequence, you know that was. And then uh, yeah, uh, uh, Notre Dame's punter and special teams player uh, Bramlett, I think his name is. Yeah, he's from uh, he's from Tuscaloosa, and uh, ironically, Alabama's kind of short a punter so uh maybe that was a goof on our part a little bit but nevertheless uh it was big news for Alabama I think never before has being the number one seed in the playoff been more important I mean I think Alabama doesn't need to count chickens before they hatch making the playoff is infinitely more important than your seed but if you are in the playoff this year being number one is big for one it prevents a crazy cross-country flight to Pasadena uh where, where you have to play maybe if you're not the number one seed and uh I don't know in the year of COVID whether, you know, a flight to Pasadena is a great idea for your team. So, uh, and, and who you play, obviously the number four team is not going to be quite what the number two and the number three team are. So um, big deal uh, for Alabama to move up to number one. I think, Luke, especially with Florida's win, there's a clear path to the number one seed. I think Alabama just simply wins out. They will remain the number one seed as neither Notre Dame nor Clemson could catch them based on who they play, uh, and neither Ohio State based on who they play unless voters are impressed when Ohio State eventually beats an Indiana or Northwestern or whatever teams are undefeated in the Big Ten along with them because uh, who knows if Wisconsin's going to get to play football this year. So uh, weird year, but Alabama 
being number one is not weird. It's the 13th year in a row Alabama has been number one, and yet another one of those stats that Nick Saban has uh, notched at Alabama that's just hard to believe, but, but we watched it happen. So Alabama number one again, and it's LSU week, uh, where Alabama is an astounding 22-point favorite. Yeah, I want to talk about that in a bit because we were uh, on a text chain and I said, what do you think the LSU line will be? And I thought maybe 10. I mean, 10 is probably low and and I'm probably was a little bit crazy there. But 22 seems like, oh, my God, that's a lot of points. And we'll get into that in just a minute. But then on top of that game, and and by the way, the irony didn't stop with the Boston – I mean, with the uh, Notre Dame-Clemson game – Notre Dame plays Boston College next week, which is the exact same team they played after they beat Florida State in 93 when Florida State was number one. And Boston College very famously upset Notre Dame, and it kept Notre Dame from playing for a national championship that year. So I just found that to be kind of interesting. Um, Going now to the uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. By the way, why can't we say that? Why can't we just say it's the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? I, I know. I, mean, I can say it on this podcast. But uh, that people, I think both schools and the SEC and Jacksonville and everybody was like, y'all don't call it that anymore. Well, that's be it. We are legal. Oregon just legalized heroin. <laughs> can we not? Is that really going to offend somebody at this point? But anyway, uh, that game was kind of crazy, and it definitely affects Alabama because it sure looks like for all the world that Alabama is going to face off against Florida, assuming Alabama doesn't trip over itself uh, getting to Atlanta. But uh, it would be a very classic matchup, and the two best quarterbacks, I think, in this conference and, and the two most explosive offenses. Yeah, and that's why they're going to be there. I mean, uh, seems to be the name of the game in 2020 is who can who can score the most points. And uh, Alabama's good at that. Florida's good at that. And that's why they're going to be there in the end. Uh, look, it's this simple. Uh, Georgia certainly has a handful of, of good players. I know they had some missing guys, and that hurt them. But, uh, Luke, I'd ask you, and I, I think this sums up the whole game, if uh, Kyle Trask uh, was the quarterback at Georgia and Stetson Bennett was the quarterback at Florida, who wins the game? Oh, I don't I mean, think you're thinking. So Kyle Trask is the difference, uh, as he would be the difference in most games. I think he's a, a NFL quarterback and, and just about NFL ready now and uh, makes Florida very dangerous because not only is Trask good, uh, there's weapons around him. Uh, he can take advantage of those weapons. I don't know that Stetson Bennett is able to take uh, full advantage of, uh, of Georgia's uh, offensive talent. So, Florida is a good team. I think it's going to be a real challenge for Alabama. I do not think this is going to be one of those seasons that Alabama goes to the SEC championship game and wins 48-10. to 10. I think it's going to be a real classic uh, battle with probably a ton of points, probably an exciting game. And uh, hopefully Alabama will be so entrenched into the playoff that, uh, that the outcome wouldn't matter, um, you know, even if you lose. But, uh, you know, I, I, but in the end, uh, what I'm hoping to see starting this weekend, Luke, is, you know, we know Florida is good on offense and we know Alabama's good on offense. Let's make sure when Alabama gets to Atlanta that the defense is good, that the defense is good. I still think the ingredients are there for the defense to be pretty good. Uh, They just got to get a little bit better every week. Well, here's something that uh, we'll be all doing this weekend, and that's a cracking open a cold quarter's light. We will all be ready to relax and watch Alabama 
uh, right after the Masters, watch the tide roll in Baton Rouge, uh, presumably. And um, then, you know, just have a Coors Light and relax. It's made to chill. You want to chill. So why don't you just chill with a Coors Light? It's that simple. Go to CoorsLight.com and, and check out everything that's new with Coors Light and find out anything you want to find out about uh, this delicious beard. But all you need to know is that it's made to chill and it is delicious. Absolutely delicious. Coors Light, my beer of choice, Jimmy's beer of choice. Can't beat it. And you need to go check them out at CoorsLight.com. Get you about a six-pack or a half a case or maybe a full case for this weekend. Whatever floats your boat. Have some friends over and get some more. Go to CoorsLight.com. We do want you to celebrate responsibly, though. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, now, Jimmy, let's do talk about the spread for just a minute. Um, Alabama minus 22, Did that didn't strike you as being incredibly high, even given what is going on with LSU, even given that Miles Brennan probably isn't playing. Doesn't that feel like it's really high? Yeah, uh, I expected 17 or 18 is kind of what I expected. So uh, that is crazy high to me, and – I know my initial inclination, as uh, you know, as far as wagering goes, would be I think I bet on LSU there uh, with with that many points. But what LSU team are we going to get? I mean, I, I think some of the line is predicated on the absolute awful game LSU played last time out. I mean, if LSU plays as bad as they did against Auburn and they play that way with starting TJ Finley who plays that bad against Alabama, Alabama is going to win the game by 22 or more points. Uh, and in that sense, I don't think the line's crazy. However, LSU hasn't been that team every single week. Just the game before, there had been talk that LSU had figured it out against South Carolina that turned it around. And, and T.J. Finley was the future of the program, and the defense had taken a big step forward. And that's what they had said the game before. So what LSU team are we going to get? Uh, I'm sure Alabama's going to prepare for an, the LSU playing at their best potential, which would be pretty good because they got some dudes, particularly at cornerback. I think, Luke, the greatest matchup in this game is Alabama's wide receivers, Devontae Smith and John Mechie, against those LSU corners, Derek Stingley, Elias Ricks, and Cordell Flott. Uh, that, that's just a great, great matchup. So, Maybe there'll be plays to made to be made in the middle of the field against LSU. Maybe this will be a good week for Slade Bolden to to sort of have a career game here. He would love to, I'm sure, against his home state team. Uh, but you know, the line at 22, it is that is a bit shocking to me. Boy, imagine if I'd have told you this summer that Alabama be favored to beat LSU by 22. You'd never believe it. Oh God! I mean, no, everybody would have jumped all over it. Uh, on the LSU side, there's no doubt about it. And look, I, th- I think hopefully we have uh, maybe gotten one of these freshman wide receivers ready for this game too. Uh, I don't care which one it is. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's a freshman. I don't care. I want a third, I mean, real-life wide receiver. I love Slade Bolden. I don't look at him as that third wide receiver. He looks – he's more of a jackknife. I mean, he can play running back. He can actually throw a pass. He can do – you know, he can get in the slot, all those things. But I want a viable, like, bona fide wide receiver to show up in this game. And I think it would be great if if somebody can, can make that happen. I, Javon Baker, who I think most people suspect, I think that would be fantastic. But I really don't care at this point. Just coming down this stretch run, I'm looking at um, – you know, I'm looking at what Alabama has left, 
And frankly, at the beginning of the season, um, it, it, when you looked at Alabama's stretch run, you're thinking, okay, it's, you know, it's going to be pretty easy. I mean, LSU and then a pretty much a give me, then Auburn and then a give me in Arkansas. Well, Arkansas is about the best coach team outside of Alabama. Um, Auburn is hitting his stroke in, so, to some degree. Kentucky's just got a solid defense. We're going to beat them. There's no doubt. But they got a solid defense. Then LSU, to me, is still LSU. I mean, they, I'm not saying that uh, – look, it's warranted that Alabama is a heavy favorite. There's no doubt. However, they are going to sell out for this game. They're not going to play as badly as they did against Auburn because, as you and I say multiple, multiple, multiple times, you play your best a couple times a year, your worst a couple times a year, in between is what you are. Well, I think we've seen them play their worst um, at, at Auburn and probably Mississippi State. I don't know that we've seen their best, and we may get it well South Carolina. We may get their best. Uh, this coming Saturday, their best probably isn't enough, but it's going to be one of those games where we're going to have to work harder than people think is what I'm worried about. Well, I mean, just look at it this way. I mean, I'm sure we could all come up right now with a reasonable list of, okay, who is in position to make the playoff? We're here. We're, you know, next week will be mid-November. All, you know, who's in a position to make this playoff? Uh, let me just give you a couple teams that, that today are in that position. Uh, my oh, just Miami Hurricanes. They're 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 ranked right around tenth, I think. Uh, they only have one loss. What if Miami was playing at LSU this weekend? Anybody out there want to bet their lives that Miami's winning that game? That Miami would just win, straight up win. I think we all think LSU likely loses, but LSU could beat Miami. I don't think anyone would be shocked if that happened. And Miami is a team that is on the cusp of the playoff with one loss and ranked in the top 10 this late in the year, and they played several games too. So I'm saying sometimes when I think when, – when, when analysts look at our schedule and look at who Alabama's playing, they're like, well, Alabama should beat LSU and Kentucky and Auburn and Arkansas. Well, yeah, that's all true. But I think if you just substituted another good team playing those same teams, you'd be, you'd be like, man, that schedule's pretty daunting. I, I don't know that the Miami Hurricanes are going to beat – LSU, Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas. I don't know that Miami's going to do that. And, and, and again, I'm, I didn't pick them at random. They're the 10th best team in the country per the polls. So yeah. I do think this is a challenge. And I think each week is going to be a unique challenge. And the unique challenge for Alabama this week, I think, Luke, is to assume that this LSU – assume it's last year's LSU team. Assume we're playing the national champions. Assume – we're playing a team that's got six or seven first-round picks in their lineup. We need to assume all that, play them that way. Hey, and if it ends up LSU still sucks, and frankly, they've sucked. If they still suck, great. But you need to assume you're getting the LSU everybody thought you'd be getting. No, that's true, because I'm a little shocked that we hadn't heard about some more opt-outs from the LSU side. I mean, I really thought that they may start going down that path, uh, considering there's really not, not much less for them to play for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of gone off the rails. Uh, I think the most interesting team in the SEC next season will be LSU. And by that, I Good mean, out. yeah, they ca- I mean, have they, have they just flushed the momentum that quickly from winning a national title and it's all gone? Or was this year just a one-year blip? Because if any year is going to be a one-year blip, a, a, a one-off, a, a year that like doesn't make sense, it's this year. So I can buy it that LSU 
took the year off after winning their national title based on what all went into this crazy COVID year. But 2021, you better see an elite LSU team or we're back at square one with Ed Orgeron. Let me tell everybody about Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. That's BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Absolutely delicious stuff. We love uh, the, these health bars. I'm calling them a health bar because they are healthy, but that's really not fair because they are just as good as any kind of candy bar you can buy out there. They really are, and I'm a candy aficionado. These things are fantastic. Get the carrot cake one. You will thank me later via tweet or maybe even a text if you have, are lucky enough to have my phone number. Um, go to BuiltBar.com. They really are delicious. Jimmy and I would not lead you astray. You definitely want to try these out. They're covered in chocolate, all natural ingredients. Great for a keto diet. Great for a keto diet. And there are a lot of people out there on keto diets. You need to be on a keto diet right now in preparation for Thanksgiving. It wouldn't hurt. Um, I'm just telling you out there, yes, you, you've chunked up a little bit. So try this because this will help you lose weight. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED and it will give you 20% off of your order at BuiltBar.com. Also, want you to go while you're surfing the interwebs, home field apparel. Home Apparel is the best. They've got these cool new logos for all things Alabama, all things other colleges, but Alabama is what you need to be focused on. And for this, for these guys, you want to use promo code Locked On Bama. I've already done it. My shirts are supposed to come in Monday. I'm so excited. Two cool new shirts. Uh, I've been looking for some. I love these retro shirts, and these guys are on top of it. Homefieldapparel.com. I'm telling you, go to their website. You're going to fall in love. We put all this stuff on Twitter, and I, I want to believe that a lot of this was because we put some of this out there, but um, I saw a lot of people tweeting back, hey, my new sweatshirt came in, my new T-shirt came in, my new this came in, my new that came in, and they're showing these pictures, and they're so cool because Alabama's got some of the coolest old-school logos of anybody. I mean, the script A is great, but Really, these old school logos are where it's at. Go to Home Field Apparel and check all this out. You will absolutely be glad that you did. Use promo code LOCKEDONBAMA. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about the rest of the SEC. What else did you see really quickly from this past weekend? Sure. Turn back to our sponsors real quick. We do have incredible sponsors because those are all incredible products for real. That's cool. And uh, yesterday, I can tell you this, I enjoyed the crap out of some Coors Light. I don't even know that I drank it responsibly, but uh, I was watching Florida, Georgia, walked into one of my local taverns while the wife shopped and drove me around uh, responsibly, and I said, give me one of them Coors Light pitchers, and uh, it was uh, it was a good a good decision on my part. Now, for other well, games, let Jimmy, me tell Jimmy, you. Uh, you do that, Jimmy, when you do that next time, I want you to take a picture of you and the Coors Light pitcher and tweet it uh, out and say, this is me doing – what I love for people and things that I love. <laughs> I should. I really should have done that because not only did I have a Coors Light picture, the picture of Coors Light literally had the Coors Light logo on it. I mean, it wasn't just like a random you know picture that they filled out of the keg. It was there was a a, a picture of Coors Light on the picture, and uh, boy, I I blew that. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm just gonna go do it again just for fun, and uh, and we will we will tweet that out, but. In terms of the two other SEC games, two or three, 
I think poor Jeremy Pruitt, who, who, uh, Tennessee came in this year with good promise. They started out 2-0 and and led Georgia in Athens, and it looked like Tennessee to some extent was back. And, and pretty much from that moment on, they went right down the crapper. And last night I think was a low point as, as they were almost non-competitive against a team they should beat. So I don't know what's all going on over there. If it was any year but a COVID year, I would tell you Jeremy Pruitt may not survive. I just think this will be a season where universities are just not going to be eager to put together, you know, $12 million in buyout money. Uh, so Jeremy's likely to get another year. But, wow, he, he, he hot-seated. He, he's on the hot seat now. If he wasn't before last night, that was just a really bad performance. And kudos to Sam Pittman, who I, I'll be totally honest, I thought it was a bad, lazy hire. Uh, I, I thought that this was just sort of an absurd hire, frankly. And, and maybe it will prove to be maybe two years from now I'll be saying, yeah, I was right, that was a bad hire, because there's a small sample size here. But on small sample size, Sam Pittman is easily the SEC Coach of the Year. I cannot be more impressed with what Sam Pittman has done. He inherited, to use Coach Bryant's words, chicken shit, and he turned it into chicken salad. And uh, great job by Sam Pittman, and particularly his coaching staff, uh, led by Barry Odom. On the defensive side of the ball, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt uh, was the exact slop fest me and you said it was going to be. It was embarrassingly bad for the league. Mississippi State's offense, they, they inexplicably won the game, but with no offensive numbers, uh, this is not a even uh, – this is a bad Vanderbilt team. And by bad team, I mean a bad team for Vanderbilt. It, they're bad, and they almost won this game. Those are just the two best teams, the two worst teams in the league – the best at being bad, Mississippi State and Vandy, and, and, and somebody had to win, and, and Mississippi State did. Um, I think there's one other SEC game. A&M proved to be play- – A&M proved playoff worthy. I mean, I know it's South Carolina, but they beat the crap out of them, which is what you do when you're a playoff team and you're playing someone average, beat the crap out of them, and they did. So, uh, wow, A&M getting better and better every week. Real good team. I bet if Alabama played A&M again, I don't know that Alabama – Alabama would win the game because they got more good players. I don't know if they'd win by 28 or 30 again. Uh, A&M's very good, and I think an interesting uh, conversation I have right now is who should be ranked higher between A&M and Florida because A&M beat them head-to-head. Uh, I'm not so sure that would happen on a neutral field or at, at the Swamp, but uh, Texas A&M and Florida, two good teams. I think the second and third best team in the SEC right now. No, I agree with that, and there are reports that this may be uh, it for Will Muschamp, that he may be getting uh, fired on Monday. I'd be uh, um, a little shocked, I mean, like you said about the pandemic money, but, you know, the that fan base is pretty fed up. There's a lot of booing in that game, and there weren't enough people. The number of people was fewer than the number of boos. I don't know how that was possible. It's like people used to walkie-talkie to phone to walk, you know, transmit their boos with displeasure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, this thing's a mistake. But it is kind of funny now. Okay, so Will Muschamp uh, potentially is available for a defensive coordinator. I'm not saying that anybody's getting fired at the University of Alabama or anything. I'm just saying out there, Jeremy Pruitt, uh potentially out there as a viable candidate for a defensive coordinator. I'm not saying necessarily in Alabama. I'm just saying he, he may be up there if things don't get turned around pretty quick at Tennessee. So um, yeah, it's interesting stuff. Um, and it would be 
just that. It would be extraordinarily interesting. The only reason I wouldn't want Will Muschamp to come would be because I think his recruiting would be fine. I wouldn't even want him as a as an option to be hired at Alabama if that were to if you know if we had a defensive coordinator position open up and we hired Will Muschamp, my worry would be and it, let's say Sarkeesian got went somewhere else. Somebody may say, you know, well, if Saban moves on, we got to, you know, slide right in and wouldn't lose a beat. No, we would lose all the beats. All the beats would be lost. It would be like it would be like a doctor truck was stolen. All the beats are gone. You know. Well, we'd have seen Muschamp. Yeah, we'd have seen Muschamp do it twice, and 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 neither it didn't work well either time. Uh, and and I didn't like South Carolina hire when they hired him initially. I, I knew they they would eventually come to this day. You know. But that doesn't mean that I don't think Will Muschamp's a good coach. He's an excellent defensive coordinator. He's an excellent teacher. Uh, he's a good recruiter. He just hasn't proven yet uh, to be a big-time uh, head football coach. Not yet. Uh, he may get that opportunity again one day. But uh, I think the question about Will coming to Alabama has, has partially to do with Alabama doesn't have a job to offer at the moment. Uh, secondly, Will has been so successful in his career, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure that he, that he wants to sign. I mean, he, does, he doesn't have to work unless he's, done, unless he's done something outrageous with his money, like, you know, put, put it all into the market, as, you know, right when the, in the COVID quarantine, and he started, he started, he started investing in, in concert venues right when, <laughs> right when the quarantine started, unless he's done that. Uh, he should have a lot of money in the bank. And I, I just personally, and this is a personal thing, maybe I'm totally wrong about the way everyone else looks at things, but I'm not sure if I have millions in the bank, I, I want to work for, for, for as Nick Saban's defensive coordinator. I, and, and by that, I mean, do you really want to work, do you want to work that hard? Do you want to, it, it's kind of like being a fireman. I mean, it's like, oh, what a noble profession. What a noble thing working for Nick. What a noble profession. But if you got millions in the bank, I don't know why you voluntarily run into the burning building. You might want to leave that for somebody else. But so for that reason, I'll be a little surprised if, if Muschamp is interested in, in D.C. at Alabama. Uh, I, I, and who knows? Maybe I, I wouldn't blame him if he said, you know what? Uh, I got enough for me and the fam. I think I'm headed to the beach. And, and uh, he's got high school age kids and college age kids. And he just might go to the beach and be dad for a few years. And, and, and that'd be fine. So. Or he could do like he could do like a Hugh Freeze and go to like a Liberty. Or he couldn't go to Liberty. He says the F word. I mean, like it'd be like okay, you we we're fine with Hugh Freeze and all his word. You dumped the F word too many times. (laughs) That's true, but you know, at least he pretends to be saved by some by some (laughs) deity. Um, But Will Muschamp be like, hey, where's the effing uh, bathroom in this effing place? I can't believe (laughs) you. Thumping effers don't know the effing effity diff, but he could go to some cushy you, job. You, what are you doing effing in the bathroom? <laughs> wow, why are you tapping your foot in the stall of the bathroom like that senator from Minnesota or whatever it was? Um, <laughs> but uh, so wow. he could get a job like that though, where he goes somewhere and you were talking, as you said, it's like a fireman. I was thinking you were going to use an analogy like. You know, if you're a fireman, this could be what Will 
Muschamp does. He wants to get a cushy job where like it's okay that he doesn't do great, but he brings in some you know, some notoriety and, and increases the brand awareness of that particular school. It could be like a fireman and going to Seattle. I mean, I can't. It rains all the time in Seattle, so you got to think, hey, that's a pretty good job to be, you know, a fireman. I'm not putting them down. I'm sure there are fires there. I'm just saying that if it rains all the time somewhere, it's better to be a fireman there than to be a fireman, say, you know, in in California right now, where like you don't get a day off, you know. So, um, anyway, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. It's Sunday, and I stay up too late watching the damn Clemson game. So I guess this. Look, let's wrap it up, and we'll start again tomorrow. I feel. Like get off the rails uh, go to homefieldapparel.com go to builtbar.com go to coreslight.com and we appreciate it by listening and roll tide jimmy roll tide it's lsu it's lsu hate week as the kids say on the twitters it is lsu hate week and it's that's something that will never change it's lsu hate years as far as i'm concerned so roll tide <laughs> roll tide